0: Welcome to Crossroads podcast. I am Gabriela Valente, reporter for Infralogic in Brazil. And in this episode, we'll discuss the political scenario surrounding the Brazilian infrastructure market. We'll be joined by Masami Ueda Jr., partner of the law firm Arapi Nishi Ueda. Masami is an experienced lawyer with a strong background in infrastructure, especially in the transportation sector. Masami, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Brazil has been a fertile field for concessions and projects under President Jair Bolsonaro's administration. He got elected in 2018. In his first term is coming to an end as Brazil will have presidential elections in October. So, Masami, despite the political controversies uh, involving the president himself and his allies, Bolsonaro began his administration with uh, a lot of optimism and high expectations for private investments in infrastructure. Many projects were tendered, and the changes in regulation also boosted investment expectations. Tarcísio Freitas was widely praised by the market for his work as Minister of Infrastructure. And he's also taken advantage of this to run for the government of Sao Paulo this year. So looking back, what would you say is the legacy of Bolsonaro's administration for the infrastructure market?
1: Okay, Gabriela, thank you. So uh, in Brazil, the infrastructure projects like toll roads, airports, port terminals, sanitation, water treatment, uh, mass transit, they are transferred to the private sector through... PPP or public concession scheme. And what the Bolsonaro government did in the last three and a half years was a continuation what his predecessor did, the former president, Temer, and what happened in Brazil in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years in Brazil, most, most of these public utilities or infrastructure projects were delivered to to the private sector. So, what the big merits of Bolsonaro government is to to continue what were what have been done in the last twenty years. That's what what happened in this Bolsonaro terms.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because he inherited a lot of uh, the the policy design from his predecessors. So, can we can we describe how much he did himself. What is um, a merit of his team we can really like attribute to him?
1: Yeah, you're right. Most of the successful infrastructure and concession projects that were auctioned the, during the Bolsonaro's term, the last three and a half years, they were projects that were conceived and designed by the President Michel Temer. So a, he's inherited all of these project. But he's, if I can say he has a merit, yes, he has a merit to to have in the Minister of Economy, a special division, a department, what, what they what they call PPI, where they have good and excellent and competent people and team of professionals that did an excellent job during this last three, four years to to interact with the private sector and potential investors. To understand what was the concern of these investors and private sector at all regarding project risk allocation, concessionary duties, terms of the concession, so all the uh, technical aspects were discussed on an open discussion with, between government and the private sector. That that what happened. That that's his merits.
0: Mm, interesting. So. Um... Freitas worked leading this team, and um, how would you say he uh, managed to shield the Ministry of Infrastructure and the PPI from political controversies, such as accusations of corruption and the uh, dismantling of environmental policies?
1: Again, it's important to mention that the PPI uh, division, the PPI department, is, is from the Ministry of Economy,
0: Economy not yes.
1: from the Infrastructure. So Freitas, at the end, has not had nothing to do with the modeling of the concession project, he just implemented that, or just prepared the beat process. But the conce- the, the conception of the, the project were done by the minister of economy. As regarding the the corruptions and all of these accusations, uh, I would say that after the, the Lava Jato investigation that happened five six years ago, there were there was a little improvement in Brazil regarding corruption scheme. But I I, I wouldn't say that we are free of corruption, and I think unfortunately that we still have some corruption cases case here and there, and all, all of them, more, most of them, they are still under investigation, with less exposure in the press and in the media, but the, the investigations are, are, uh, are happening. They're ongoing. Yeah, they're ongoing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you asked about the environmental issues. Uh, again, the Minister Freitas, which is the ex- former Minister of the Infrastructure, He was not responsible for the environmental regulation because this is under the responsibility of the environmental ministry. So what Freitas did was just to comply with the requirements and and get the prior license before the works start being done, being, being performed.
0: Yeah, I see. But he was responsible for the relationship with investors, I mean, doing the road shows and presenting all the projects to those investors. Also, there was a high expectation for the entry of new international investors into Brazilian projects. In your perception, uh, this objective was achieved.
1: Yeah, you're right. The traders did a lot of roadshows, international roadshows, trying to attract the attention of the international uh, competitors, international investors. But unfortunately, no, we, we, he did not succeed in his goals. We just had a, access to a recent survey that shows that between 2020 and 2021, there were like 65 public auctions for Different types of infrastructure: roads, airports, port terminals, public lighting, and others. And from these 65 uh, auctions, only 17 had received proposals from non-Brazilian investors. Mm-hmm. So uh, less than one third there was participation. There was participation of international investors, and only one or two—I'm not sure—was uh, a foreign investor won this auction. So the the rate is very very low. There was some competition among locals and only the nationals participants. And of course, some of these local participants, they have some kind of foreign investment in their capital structure. But being a Brazilian company with for a foreign investor investment, we, we consider this as a local player, not not a straight direct investment from international investors.
0: I see. And what would you think that have prevented the entry of new non-Brazilian investors?
1: I think the what, what happened is, what happened in the last couple of years, okay. You had a pandemic, you have all these macroeconomic uncertainties, we have all, all the situations. So uh, I think that Brazil was not attracted and enough to receive the attention. Mainly what, what is happening? The lack of competition in Brazil. So the market is open, few players are beating. And and again, the this macroeconomic uncertainties, I think, is 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 drive the the decision right now.
0: When you say macroeconomic issues, are you talking about the fiscal balance, the, the, the indicators of uh, the, the GIP regarding the growth of the country's economy?
1: That's right, you're right. So uh, we, we have here in Brazil as a very unstable uh, macroeconomic situation. We have uh, high inflation rates, have high interest rate rates, we have this fiscal budget deficit, fiscal budgets that are very, very shine uh GDP growth predictions. So uh, these macroeconomics in Brazil for the next mandate, maybe if you have lucky, we have to, to fix all of this again. And, and and at the international level, also the macroeconomics are, are really uh, uncertain right now, even in terms of inflation in most of the countries and economies. Uh, So there is certain instability in in terms of economics.
0: Right now, as the elections are approaching, what would you say is the mood of the investors and their appetite for concessions and privatizations?
1: Yeah, we will have next October major elections in in the federal and and state levels. So I, I believe that from now until the end of the year there will be a kind of reduction in in the offer of projects to the market so there will be few uh, projects to being to to go to the market and just from the this public perspective from the from the private sector from the private investors i think the the mood is, will be the same will be the same they are on waiting, what, what's going to happen with the elections, and more than this, what would be the predictions for the macroeconomics of the country? That's what is what, what drives the attention right now
0: and in terms of the projects that were uh, supposed to be auctioned in 2022 we have seen some delays in in project concession projects but the privatizations auctions are moving forward so what can we we expect that will be completed in 2022 and what will be left for the next or the second term or, or of jerry bolsonaro
1: i think that as i said from now until the end of the year the the offer of projects will will be reduced. Maybe we will have federal airports, the seventh round of federal airports that will bring another I think 15 airports to the market. This will probably be auctioned by mid-year. And there is a big privatization that would be next, which is the electrobus systems. Electrograss is the the electric electricity company, electricity company of the the federal government is a huge company, and this his, this privatization has been, gotten this since the day one of Bolsonaro's uh, government, and there is a small chance to be privatized until the end of the year. So out of these two or three projects, I don't see anything relevant going to the market.
0: Are there any project that we were expecting to be auctioned in two thousand twenty two that uh, will not be concluded and we it's a frustration we will miss this this auction?
1: Yeah, I think the Electrobras privatization is already a frustration because it was, as, as I said, it was discussed and studied since the day one of Bolsonaro's government. It took more than three and a half years and it's still pending on discussion with the Tribunal de Contas and uh, with the legislative power.
0: Regarding the next Brazilian president, what would you say will be the mission of the new president or if we have a second term of Bolsonaro?
1: I think that the new president of Brazil will find the with big economic challenge, as I said. High inflation, high interest rate, a big federal budget deficit, a very small GDP growth. So, And on top of that, the new president President, we will need to approve reforms in, in the legislative, in the Congress, just like tax reform, administrative reform. Those are key reforms that will help to reduce the budget density. This is the macroeconomic challenge. For the infrastructure sector, I think Brazil, the Brazilian infrastructure market is, is open for potential uh, interest and competitors with very, very low competition. We are seeing very low competition, and we still have very good projects and opportunities. Brazil is a large country, we have strong demand, plus 210 million people, and we have a huge need for for basic infrastructure. As as an example, uh, water uh, distribution and sewage treatment, this is a huge need for Brazil. So what we need is in the next presidency, we need to get back to the international investors' radar. We need to get their attention. And this should be the first concern of the new president. Bring back the good competition to the market. We are missing this competition.
0: To make this competition come again, uh, what would would, would you say it is the path?
1: I think uh, uh, the new president should at least... And uh, demonstrate that he has or she has uh, conditions to to fix the macroeconomics in the in the first years of of the mandate. So this would be a very good sign to the market. Market right now, what what the market is missing is good sign, good predictions. That's that's what we feel when we discuss with our clients and potential investors.
0: So I think that's it. Masami, thank you very much for joining us in Crossroads Podcast.
1: No, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: It was a pleasure. Bye. Mm-hmm.